Come on, everybody, it's the inside trip. So crack a high life and take a sip on that T-I-T. Get up and scream, and you can spell it backwards. You know what I mean. Your boy Brando in the house tonight. Gonna lay it down smooth and keep it tight. When Ben Watson gets on the mic, you better get ready because he brings the hype. It's about that time you already know that nasty trip, this nasty flow. The inside trip, that is the show. Don't wind up on your back, bro. Uh, what's up, wrestling fans? We are back. The Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast coming at you with episode number 72, your special 2018 Christmas edition of this wrestling podcast. My name is Brandon Olinger. You can call me Brando. And join with me, as always, is my number one man, number one fan man, the best co-host in the game, Ben The Law Watson. What's up, man? It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Everywhere you go. What's going on, my man? Oh, you know, just loving life. Hey, can you do me a favor right now, Sears, and grab a broom real quick? <laughs> I don't know why you sweep me off the stage. Nah, because my Brown's about to sweep them Bengals this year. Uh, ouch. Yeah. <laughs> it's no good. It is, uh, my, my Bengals are, uh, well, they started out four and one. <laughs> That's about all I could say. <laughs> it's been, uh, I'm on protest from the Bengals right now because I'm angry that they didn't trade for a receiver when they knew A.J. Green was going to be out. Um, so right now, forget about the Bengals. I'm on to the Reds. Pitchers and catchers report, I think, January 13th or in February or something like that. I forget exactly when, but I'm on to the Reds. Just like Belichick was on to Cincinnati, I'm on to the Reds. Ooh. Hey, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to enjoy the good. moment. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm just going to enjoy this. The Browns this, look good. All right? My Browns are back. Baker Mayfield looks good. Very close to having a winning record this year. If they win today, we'll be 7-7-1 seven, seven and one, going into Baltimore for the final game of the season. I like their odds. I like it. I like their odds. I like it. Well, Baltimore is definitely going to be pushing hard because I think they're still in playoff contention. But, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, I like their odds to, to have a winning record. And if they have a winning record, holy shit, that's crazy and awesome. I might actually shed a tear, to be truthfully honest. You should. You should. Because they've right. been terrible. <laughs> All right. So, uh, we might get a little bit excited here during this podcast simply because of the fact that we are watching this game in the background as we speak. I, I, mean, that, I might be getting a little bit excited throughout this podcast. This game's over. It's like 23 <laughs> to 3 right now. Um, anyway, as we said, the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast, episode 72. Um, you look, go out there, hit us up on Twitter, the Inside Trip One. We got a Facebook page, it's the Inside Trip. If you want to send us an email, feel free to do so. We love getting them. It's the Inside Trip One at gmail.com. And as for the podcast itself, look, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spreaker, Stitcher, Podbean. Did I forget any? I don't know. There's probably other ones. SoundCloud. We're on SoundCloud. SoundCloud, yeah. <laughs> SoundCloud's one of them. SoundCloud. Uh, so anyway, go out and find the podcast. Um, download, subscribe, listen, do all that good stuff. And then if you like it, give us a rate and a review. Or even if you don't like it, give us a rate and a review. Tell us about how we're so sporadic because we haven't done a podcast in two weeks. Hey, we got lives, MFers. We got lives. By that, that means Ben takes uh, hiatuses to go play golf in the middle of December. Hey, that was fun. I went on a golf trip with my brother. You know, you got to do your brother thing. You know, hang out with your brother. I went down to uh, Myrtle Beach and played uh, 108 holes in four days. thought I was your brother. You are, well, you're my brother from another mother. Um, yeah, man, it was, it was awesome. You know, some sunshine, some 60-degree weather, a few birdies, a lot more bogeys, but it was, it was a good time. It was a good time to do that. So I'm glad you had fun. Yeah, man. So what's going on, my man? It's uh, freaking December 20... Oh, my God. December 23rd. It's December 23rd, and uh, Christmas is just around the corner. And what we should do at the end is our uh, what we want for Christmas list. And I just came up with that. So at the end, Let's do it. remind me what we want for Christmas in wrestling. Let's do it. Because if it wasn't wrestling, it would probably contain things that we probably couldn't talk about. But anyways... <laughs> Life is great right now. Uh, like you said, getting ready for Christmas. I love the holidays. Uh, left work Friday at 3 o'clock in the afternoon because I'm on vacation for two weeks now. Two weeks? Two weeks. Damn. Going to enjoy a little bit of Christmas. Then I'm going to hop on a plane on Thursday and take my butt down to Florida. Apparently, there is a shortage of people in Florida to enjoy sunshine, warm weather, sandy beaches, and lots of beverages that are reserved for the adults. adults. Well, that's going to be awesome. And I'm, I'm super jealous. I, I'm, I'm actually... I'm on call for work next week, so I have to, or I don't have to, 
but I'm going to go into work, try to work while people aren't there because I'm taking off the week afterwards, and I took off a couple days before, so... Um, you, you know, know why I'm going, right? It's our boy British Steve's wedding. I know it's Steve's bachelor wedding. party, wedding, and New Year's Eve. I, I, I know it's going to be a great week. I'm, I'm well aware. I'm well aware. I wish I could go. Uh, I have familial obligations, um, unfortunately, that are keeping me from that. But that is the life of an adult, I guess. Sometimes <laughs> you can, sometimes you can't. So let's talk some wrestling, man. It's been a while since we've done it. Lots happened. Lots gone on. Yeah, basically. I guess. Since Cliff Keen, now now there's a, now there's another tournament and. Nevada. This one in uh, the biggest little city in the world, Reno, and there was uh, a couple duels that were that were pretty intriguing. But you know, it really just seemed like a wrestle off for Oklahoma State, right? Well, Oklahoma State just pretty much dominated Reno. Um, yeah, if you want, we can we can start with Reno. That that sounds like a good place to start because we really haven't got into too much of the Big Ten, um, you know, dual season. I know there's been a couple, but um, it's kind of just starting. But but Reno, you know, Oki State, they they they, they dominated. You know the the thing that I thought was the most interesting is that Michigan State actually put a number of people in the finals, and uh, you know they look like they're a team that might actually have some have some people on their squad that are going to score some points at the NCAA tournament, which is um, a long stride from uh, I think when it was, was 2015 or so when they finished with negative two points. So I like what Michigan State is doing, and I think when they announced that Roger Chandler was going to be the head coach, you know, rather than opening that search up, there was a lot of people questioning it. Wondering why they did it. I did. I think he's showing right now. I mean, he's doing a good job. He's got some good guys on that team. I mean, look, I mean, Rayvon Foley is legit. He's the real deal at 125. He could All-American this year. Absolutely. And I'm really starting to love this Cameron Caffey guy at 184 who is still undefeated. Right. You retweeted that video, and uh, I didn't know anything about the dude except for the fact that he was a good wrestler, right? And that is what's really cool about when when you get to see – Kind of inside these wrestlers' lives. Hey, we just scored three more points. It's twenty six to three now. All right, twenty six to three. We'll keep you updated. It's the fourth quarter. It's <laughs> seven minutes left. Twenty six to three. I'll let you guys know if the Bengals mount a comeback with Jeff Driscoll, um, who's their backup quarterback, <laughs> because Andy Dalton pushed out and decided that he's. He got, I, I don't even want to talk about it. It's going to just go on. Angry. Get back to wrestling. But anyways, camera can be. I love that. You know, we see this on ESPN. We see this on all these things where you get inside the minds, inside the lives of. Um, professional athletes and even college athletes um, from the major sports, but we don't get to see it as much in wrestling. And to watch that seven-minute video of Kathy really gets to show you that hey, these guys are wrestlers. They're great at what they do in terms of sport, but they can also be really great people too that are going to affect the world well beyond wrestling. Not everybody goes on to become a coach or to become an Olympian or a world team member or to have a um, uh, to have a career in wrestling. Some of these people are going to come on to be doctors. They're going to be lawyers. They're going to be engineers. They're going to be managers of business. And Cameron Caffey just seems like he has a great grounded head on his shoulders. Seems like he comes from a great family. And I'm not sure that he's he's probably a better person than a wrestler. And I tell you what, that's a great compliment. Um, really cool. And not only that, he just went went out and won Reno, um, uh, uh, thirteen to six over a dude from Menlo. I don't know anything about, but I got to imagine he's probably pretty good. <laughs> Every once in a while, you got those dudes from, uh, you know, the NAIs and the lower divisions that uh, make the finals in these tournaments, and you know, those guys are typically all American. So Cameron Caffey disposed of them, and um, yeah, I don't know. What do you think about that video? I thought the video was great. I mean, I, I thought the video was amazing. I mean, this guy's basically like, and I mean this with. In all the best way. I mean, dude's a computer nerd that also ha- happens to be a badass on the mat. Nerd! And <laughs> um, oh, I thought it was good. It's it's nice to, to get to know um, these wrestlers on a personal level outside their, you know, outside the circle. So I thought it was really cool. Um, the kid's good. He's undefeated so far on the year, which, I mean, this far into the season, wrestling for a big program like that, going to a tournament like Reno and some duels and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it says a lot. I think this is definitely a guy that can contend for an All-American spot for them. So right. I, I, I like what Michigan State's doing. Match. I'm sorry, I cut you off towards the end there. No, I mean, I, look, he's uh, – I don't know what I was going to say. Now you cut me off. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was just going to say – I think I was just, um, you know, agreeing with your sentiment that – that I think it's a guy that's going to qualify for the NCAA tournament. He's going to win some matches, and, he, and he's going to contend. Um, so, you know, Michigan State, that with, with Foley and with Caffey, I think they have two guys that can score points at the NCAA tournament. Um, some other things. I think that um, 
uh, people were talking, hey, Dayton Fix potentially going down to 125. Did you hear those rumblings? You know, um, yeah, I mean, I think people it. had chatted about it, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think they showed the weigh-ins for right. for Reno that's and Fix weighed in at 132 or you know 132 pounds or whatever. He's not going down. Um, I don't see it going down. It makes no sense for the team. Um, I, I think, from what I understand, they Piccinini's considered an undersized 125 pounder as it is. Right. So, I don't think he struggles to make 125. No. Yeah. So it doesn't make any sense. And right now, Dayton Fix is doing everything that you we would expect him to do, and then some wrestling at 133, and he's he's gonna be in the, the talks for title contention at the end of the year. So I, I don't see him dropping down. Now, I do think there's a lot of interesting things going on with Oklahoma State's lineup right now. Um, Talk about that. To me, that was the biggest takeaway from Reno. I, look, the, the competition at Reno was a little bit down this year, but um, you know, Oklahoma State, we saw Joe Smith, the return of Joe Smith. Wrestling 174, um, where they already got a you know a returning All American with the last name of Smith right. that weight class as well, and Jacoby. Are they brothers. Um, you know they don't look like it. Okay, I, I didn't know. I couldn't tell. Um, Jacoby has more muscles. Joe Smith is. <laughs> Joe Smith. He's also super slick on his feet, and he. I thought he looked pretty good um, for his comeback, but 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 I think that goes to show you that Oklahoma State still as a as a team that people are considering to get a trophy, they still have a lot of questions. Not a lot of holes, but a lot of questions, right? The first question, was Dayton Fix going to go down and pitch an any go up? I think the answer is no to that. Dayton Fix weighed in slightly under 133. The, you know, it, with, the, with the way that it would take to cut weight and, and the monitoring of that, he's not, he's not going down, guys. Um, but, but then you jump up to 41, and, and let me go with that. You've got Kate Brock at 141 right now, and Kate or, Kate and Grafell are man in the spot at 149. I think eventually Oklahoma State would like – for Bulu Wallen to come back, right? I know he had an injury to his ankle, and um, nothing that I've heard has said that it's that it's completely. Um, it was his wrist. Oh, wrist. Excuse me. Wrist ankle. or shoulder? It was not. Yeah, wrist or shoulder. Yeah, I, I, ankle was a different. And I'd actually read AC joint, so I'm assuming shoulder. Okay, so so, so you have Bulu Wallen, who you know I think I'm sure they would like to uh, return all American, like to come back, but you got two spots, and originally you know everybody was thinking, okay, well Gefeller's going to be the odd man out then. Um, and now it looks like, you know, Cade Brock lost another match. You know, this is probably the the worst start to a season he's had um, in a while. Because, you know, he's a two-time All-American, just lost to Sam Turner, who he'd beaten 14-10 to 10 a couple weeks before. Um, if you count his match at the All-Star Classic, Brock already has four losses on the year, which is very surprising for a guy like him and his pedigree, and his history. I mean, he, he lost to Mitch McKee. He lost to Dom Demas. He just Mitch lost McKee to Turner. never lost to in folk style. Correct. Before. And and then the, the, the match at the All-Star Classic with uh, with McKenna. That was so a drubbing. It's, something's not clicking with him right now. you got to assume he's, he's going to get it figured out. He, he, he's up a weight. Is it a weight issue? Is it a weight difference? Can, can his, does his style not correlate as well to a bigger? And, and to me, he looks like a fine filled out 141. But, you know, let's talk about why. Why is he losing these matches to a Sam Turner? Why is he losing a match to Tom? Did you watch the Sam Turner match? No. I I mean, I didn't watch a ton of it. I saw highlights. Brock got in on his legs a ton. He just couldn't finish his shots. He got in on his legs a lot, if I recall correctly. I'm pretty sure this is the match. Um, And just could not finish. Because I know know he didn't have as much trouble finishing when they wrestled previously. Um, I, I, I don't know. Um the thing about Cade Brock, I don't think we've seen much of a progression from the time he came in as a freshman to now. It's the same offense. Okay, we're not. I don't think we really see anything new. Still not. You know, he's still not a guy that's known to be nails on top. You know, and he hasn't really developed that either. Um, so I, I just don't see that progression. But granted, he is a two-time All-American right now. He's struggling at one forty-one. Um, they're going to have to figure it out. They're going to have to, you know, to figure those things out because they need him to get on the podium. Uh, at a, and I'm not talking a seventh or an eighth. They need him to get on a podium top five to be in contention for a trophy this year. Well, what if what if Gefeller does goes down to 41 and does that, and then Bulu Wallen does it at 49? I don't think Gefeller is going to give up 149, man. I, I honestly don't think so. And uh, for, I, I, with so, what so Gefeller sits on the bench, with what Gefeller's been weighing in at, his descent down to 141 would take him the rest of the season. 
Well, yeah, and I think that it, I think that yeah, I don't, I don't think that it, we, we see it happening in the next couple of weeks. But I think eventually, when Lou Wallen comes back, if he comes back, right? We're, we're, we're saying if he comes back, and and that's the that's the neat thing when when we see weigh-in sheets, right? Is we can kind of get a plan of where somebody's going because they can't weigh in at one thirty-three one week and then weigh in at one twenty-five the next. Um, <clears throat> but you know, if Lou Wallen does come back, I think it's going to be hard to keep a returning All American out of the lineup. Um, so is Gefeller the odd man out? Is Brock the odd man out? Or is Lawal the odd man out? That's if I had to speculate right now at this point, I think it's going to end up being. And I don't know Lawal's the history of his in, or you know the nature of his injury. I do know is that when that when they were there, when 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 Lawal was healthy, Gefeller wasn't the starter. So they'd obviously decided at least at that point. At least at that point, that Lou Wallen was the better option than Goodfeller at forty nine. But without understanding the intricacies of that team and their decision making, you're making the assumption that Goodfeller competed off, wrestled off for one forty nine. He could have been there battling at one forty one, and that was the plan that he was the you know basically the backup at one forty one. And then when you lose a guy like Lou Wallen, they bumped him up, and he's done nothing but. You know, go undefeated. He's scoring bonus points in the majority of his matches. Um, here's a guy that has a victory over Nick Lee last year. Okay, so he's already got a better win, any any win than Bula Wallens had. Um, I don't see him giving up the spot. I, I really don't. When you watch him wrestle, he's wrestling really, I mean, really Bula well. Wallen did beat Grant Leith last year, so I mean, I uh, okay, that's it. That's <laughs> but you know what I okay, mean. Okay, so there's six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. Yeah, I, I, what I'm, I guess what I'm saying by that is that, that Oklahoma State has a. <laughs> has a legit decision on their hands to make that that's not the one that everybody's focusing on. A lot of people are focusing on Chandler sixty five. It sounds pretty solidified there. Doesn't sound like Joseph's going down to sixty five. But you know, people were talking about that earlier. But the Jacoby Joseph um issue is gonna work itself out, it sounds like, because Weagle, it sounds like has a serious injury, so he's out. Dakota Gear waiting at one ninety four. Right. So he's to me, it seems like he's he's like, okay, I'm going up to 97. I think that is the plan, that he and will be up at 97, 84. and then the loser of the Smiths is going to end up at 84. Now, here's an interesting thing, though. And again, this is just fodder, spitballing. But let's say Llewellyn comes back, and he comes back, and he's healthy. All right? Right. They struggle at 157. Why not Llewellyn bump up to 57? That is another option, for you sure. You can't bump Gefeller up there. You can't bump a guy from 141 to 157. Right. I mean, we're seeing that with Keyshawn Hayes Keyshawn. right now. Which, um, yeah, he's doing okay. But remember, Lou Wallen was a 41 at one point. They bumped him up to 49. But that was last year. That was last year. Okay, last year. Right. It, but, but, you know, that Keyshawn weighed 49 last year. So I think it would be a very similar – Keyshawn – Wrestled off at 41, and then wrestled 49 last year. What I'm saying is so I think that it would Gefeller be probably originally wrestled off at 41 this year, so you can't take a guy that right. started the season at 141 this year, take him all the way up to 57. That You're doing him a disservice. I guess I guess what I'm saying is that Bulu Wallens probably, if he could, I mean, if, if he knew, he could probably make 41. If he knew again, like at the start of the year. So going to 57, he's not going to be huge either. But I think they'd probably be best for their team. I mean, who they got there right now? Um, John's Blaylock. Uh, John C. Bl- yeah, John's Playlock. Um, they got another dude there too. I thought Shomers maybe. Yeah, Shomers. Sh- Shomers. Who was injured? Who's injured? Look, if you, uh, we can talk about this all day. But if you want my opinion, I think you're going to see. I think Pitch is going to say at 25. Fix is going to be at 33. I think Brock stays at 41. I think uh, Lou Allen is going to end up being the odd man out at 49. I think Gefeller is going to be the man there. Um, I'm not sure what they're going to do at 57. It's probably going to end up being Blaylock still. Uh, Rogers is going to stay at 65. You're going to have one Smith at 74, one Smith at 84, Gear at 97, and yeah. then obviously Derek White at heavyweight. job. I agree with you wholeheartedly, except for that I think if Lou Wallen's healthy, I think he will be the 49-pounder. 40, I don't see it. and, and That's just my opinion. No, I get it. That's just my opinion. I'm going off watching their actual matches. You know, watching their matches. I, I think well, Gefeller sure. is the better sure. wrestler. Gefeller's looked amazing. Gefeller's looked amazing. I just, for some reason, I'm trying to think about why Goodfellas' plan wasn't. I mean, these guys wrestle all summer. Why Goodfellas' plan wasn't to challenge for forty nine instead of forty one? Maybe he thought his ideal weight was forty one, and maybe he believed that he was the better man than Cade Brock. It could have been. It could have been. I, I I would be surprised if. Now remember, this is all prefaced on if Lou Wallen's healthy. I would be surprised if Lou Wallen doesn't have a spot in the lineup. Now, I like what you said about 
him going 57. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I've never, you know, I, I don't know if he's going to be able to fill that weight out. But but it, but it, I guess long story short, right, what we've all talked about is have we seen a team who we've, I wouldn't call penciled in for a uh, trophy, but have we seen a team that's got a really good shot to get a trophy with this much lineup flux? And because of their depth, that they've, they've been able to do that. But it's just interesting that there's so much lineup flux for a team that's going to that's gonna that will contend for a trophy. So, cool. Talk about Penn State, Arizona State. God, that was a drubbing. Huh? Man, I mean, look. What was the final score of that thing? Forty something. To a lot to three. To, to a lot to three. God. Yeah, we can talk about you know, it. Holy um, shit. I mean, you you had. To, I mean, look, you had to figure it was going to be a blowout. I think the 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 biggest. The biggest question was going to be who was going to come out on top at 174. Now, yes, and, and we'll talk about that in a second. I'll tell you this: I, <laughs> Roman Bravo Young continues to absolutely impress. Now, granted, I know he was wrestling Milhoff, who was bumping up from 125 for the match, who likely weighed in at 125, probably, or some somewhat super close to it. Yeah, you would think so, absolutely. Um, but the thing that impresses me so much about RBY, one. He may be the quickest wrestler in all of college wrestling. I mean, he is so quick, and he uses it to his advantage so well. And also, for a freshman, for a true freshman, he chain wrestles so freaking well that you're still, a lot of times his opponents are still defending the first move, and he's already on move three, and before you know it, you're you're, you're being taken down. And I I just think it's beautiful to watch, and I know you're high on him. I'm starting to get real high on him. I think he's better than I thought he was going to be, even better. But... I guess the you know who's he wrestled right? He's wrestled he's wrestled a Milhoff who's look Milhoff's a great wrestler, but he's finished seventh I think once last year he was injured. Um, other than that, he hasn't had a significant amount of competition. He's bonused everybody he's wrestled, but if you want to talk about just wrestling ability about wa- from watching him, he is probably the most. Or I'd say he's right up there with like the fixes. Um, in terms of some of the most impressive freshmen we've seen this year, but the difference is, I'm not sure. We need to see him against the, uh, a top ten, one thirty three opponent first before we can make the jump that this guy is legitimately an all American contender. My opinion. Yeah, and, I, and look, I think we're going to have a great chance to see that at the Southern Scuffle. Um, I'm quite positive that both Oklahoma State and Penn State are at the scuffle. So we're going to see Fix and RBY in that weight class. And regardless of how any seeding shake out, you would have to anticipate them meeting up. If they're on the opposite sides, those are probably going to be the two best guys in that bracket. They should meet up in the finals. If they're on the same side, they're going to meet up either in the quarters or the semis. Um, Most likely the semis. I can't see RBY being seated outside the top four. Um, Your top three seeds in that weight class are probably going to be Fix, Corbin Myers, and RBY. Is there somebody else I'm missing? I'd have to look at the list. I'm not sure who all is going to be there. But but essentially, yeah. I think there is a very, very good chance that we're going to see them wrestle each other at that tournament, and that will tell us a lot about RBY. That'll tell us. That, I mean, I think that will tell us the story. Right. Right. More impressive, Chenzo or Hall? I'm sorry. More impressive, yeah. Vincenzo or Mark Hall? Yeah. Because they were both super impressive. So okay. And I, and I want to obviously we'll talk right, about both matches. My, my honest opinion on that is this: um, I, I more impressive. Okay, so Vincenzo against Josh Shields, returning All-American. Mark Hall, obviously, against his, you know, um, big rival right now, Zahid Valencia. Um, I'm going to say more impressive was Vincenzo. Okay. Okay, impressive. Um, I thought what Vincenzo did, I thought that match was going to be close because Josh Shields is a stingy wrestler who, very strong, great defense. We've talked about that a lot. Wrestling in his home state. Right. You know, I I think they announced, you know, on on the actual duel that um, pretty much all of Arizona State's allotted tickets was given to Maruka's and Maruka and Shields so they can give out to their friends and family. Um, But with that said, Vincenzo just went out and destroyed him. Well, and it it wasn't even close. It was embarrassing. No, Vincenzo looked really good. He looks thick. He looks all every bit of 165. Holy shit, that guy looks big. He his chest is, I mean he he's a thick he's a thick motherfucker. Now he's, he's like the Marinelli and uh, Marsteller right. and Vincenzo Joe. Those guys are some thick 165s. Yeah. Now, granted, he did catch him for that. Um, actually, I was so I was on my golf trip. When Dude, it's happened. 26 to 18. 
What's that? 26 to 18. The Oh. Holy shit. <laughs> the Bengals are coming back, baby. <laughs> Let's go, Marvin. I don't know how Marvin's still here. Let Hugh Jackson call the plays, please. God, please get Marvin out of town. <laughs> I'm kidding. Keep, go on. You were like 26 to 18, and I'm looking at the... I'm like, no, it was 11 to 2, dude. <laughs> Vincenzo, there wasn't that many points scored. Um... <laughs> Now, Chichenzo did – so I uh, I was on my golf trip, and I'd just gotten – we'd just gotten into town. It was that Friday night, and um, I was like, hey, before we go to, uh, to dinner, I want to watch a couple matches. It was on ESPN2 uh, or whatever. So I flipped it on. My brother, who does just a little bit of wrestling, sat there and watched with me. I turned it on right as Vincenzo and Shields started. You know, Josh Shields, as you said, he's a stingy wrestler. He does some fucking dumbass shit where he tries to jump, you know, between his legs to do a funk. He gets hit for – you know that danger rule, yeah. and that blows that the blows match the match open. open. So could the match be different if it didn't happen? No, look, Josh Shields is not beating Vincenzo Joe for this. There's nothing. That, there's nothing in that match that shows me that, 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 that anything could happen like that. Now the match would be closer if that didn't happen. But I was super impressed with the way Vincenzo just imposed his will. Yep, exactly. Like, That's exactly where I was his going. Will with it. on Josh Shields. Josh Shields had nothing for him. Nope. Vincenzo Joe for this big brothered him. He bullied him. He bitched him. I mean, you name what he could do to him that involves Josh Shields being embarrassed, and Vincenzo Joseph did that. He took his lunch money, his mommy, and his girl. Yeah, he did. He put him to bed without any dinner. Now. But. Now. Mark Hall did beat Zahid Valencia 4-0 to and rode him like a dog. He did. Rode yeah. him like a dog. Look, Mark Hall looked great. He looked really good. Um, Mark Hall... Look, and I'm I'm still going to say this. Look, I said a long time ago I didn't think Zahid was going to lose another college match. Obviously, I was wrong there. He lost that match against Mark Hall. Um, Honestly, Zahid I, I, did I wasn't not too look, far away from you on that one. Zahid did not look himself in that match. Okay, he looked tired. He looked gassed. He looked like he didn't have the energy or or, or the want to, to 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 even get out from bottom after he you know he got to his feet a couple of times and brought back down to the mat. But. Just like when we're talking about Joseph and Shields and that 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 you know that that instance or that that sequence that blew the match open right there, Zahid got in deep on Hall and went to step the leg on that takedown and that made a mistake. Hall fed him the hips, fed him all of those hips and then some. I want to talk about got that. the takedown instead, and that was the difference in the match right there. I'm I. I keep thinking about. I wonder how different that match would have been if Zahid would have been the one to score that takedown. He didn't though. Hall won the match, rode him like a dog, dominating four to nothing. Great victory. I think the most impressive. So there's a couple different things about this match that, and and and, and the only reason why I chimed in while you were talking is because what I was saying is I agree with you. I didn't think that he was going to lose another match. I was shocked. It was a dominating four to four to zero win, man. It, it really was. He got in one time. He didn't look like he wanted to be there. Yeah. Hall with the redemption song. He hand fought the shit out of Zahid. He chased him around the mat, beating on his head. He looked great on his feet from hand fighting. Now he didn't take a number of, he didn't take a significant amount of attacks. Zahid took more attacks. That's just the nature of their style. That's the way it's gonna be every time they wrestle. What I thought was amazing was that counterattack. You know, I was listening to Flow Wrestling and they said it was a rudimentary, they didn't use that word, but like a rudimentary counter. I totally disagree. Zahid shot in, stepped the leg, Hall freaking popped his hips in to break the lock so your hips are in. And then he immediately took his hips back and dropped down and found a leg to a single leg. I mean, if you tell me that's rudimentary, well then, why is not every JV wrestler doing that? That is expert level Technique to be able to break that lock and immediately siphon that leg. I was so impressed with that that uh, counterattack, and then to be able to finish it. It was it was extremely impressive. It. And one of the most impressive things from my perspective was is that a lot of guys get into that situation where somebody like a Zahid Valencia gets that deep in on your leg, and they are not thinking crowd; they're thinking get the hell back, get back, <laughs> Good, get the leg great back. Point. And Mark Hall had the uh, the composure and. and Gumption. And, and the mindset and, and the ability to know that 
if I feed him my hips right here, that's going to allow me to create space, break that lock and create space. And that's what he did. Nine, nine, nine out of ten other wrestlers would have tried to stuff the head, try to get that leg sprawled back. But a guy like Valencia, who's so long, is going to eat that leg up. I mean, he's going to eat you right. up in that. And Hall said, nope, fed him the package, fed him the hips. That's right. Broke the lock, got to a leg. And, and I think you know why it worked is because I think Zahid overplayed himself on that leg and tried to He step. rushed it. He yep. rushed. He, he stepped too soon. He stepped too soon. He got himself in a bad position by stepping behind that leg, where he finishes that on everybody but freaking Mark Hall. But he got a little off balance, um, and Mark Hall fed him the hips, and then popped those hips out, got the single leg. Then he had to actually finish it. It wasn't just like it was an immediate takedown. He brought it up. Brought it up. It jumped. Jumped a few times. Yep, Yep. and then he rode him. Mark Hall does this stupid-ass freaking Sertzis ride. You know, where he hooks the leg and he just rides on the side. And when he stands up, he locks around the body and he pinches the leg and sags him down. And it just makes me, it drives me crazy. Any Penn State fans listening, that freaking bullshit ride thing, drives though. me that crazy. That ride, the figure four, where they fi- basically they figure four the leg and yeah. ride. Is that what you're talking about? Well, yeah, that, that. And then when he stands up, he just yeah, pinches, pinches the leg, the leg and drives drags him down. down. Yep. Oh, my God, it makes me sick. It works. I know it's stalling. It works. It's, it's fucking stalling. How's it stalling? I hate it. When they get to their feet, it's just, I hate it. You gotta, you, you gotta return them to the mat. Nobody said you gotta lift them up and launch them. I know, them. but it just looks like a little bitch move. Is it any worse than the Jordan <laughs> back step? I don't. I don't <laughs> want to talk about it. <laughs> but I, I think that you know, he won that match in the hand fight. He really did. Mark Hall won that match in the hand fight. He hand fought him. So he wore the heat down. But. It, 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 so I know you watched the match. Am I crazy in thinking? Uh, did he not look himself after that? No, he didn't. Look he just himself. didn't look himself. But I think that, let me tell you why. I don't think it was anything, but he got broke. Mark Hall broke him, dude. Okay. My opinion is that Mark Hall broke him. He laying on the ground was like, dude, Rec Hall's going nuts. Right. Nuts. I mean, and this dude is just laying there, and you know, Mark Hall wins. He plays his air guitar and rides off in the sunset. Now. The question is, and here we go about being Penn State haters. Who you picking? Who you picking to win the rematch? You put it on a neutral site. I'm picking Zahid on it's all on. I'm picking Zahid. People are gonna hate us for saying that. I don't care. Yeah. I mean, look, I'll pick Nolf all day. (laughs) I'm picking Zahid. No, I'm picking Peg to lay out next time against Nolf. You suck. You shut up. I thought there were some other matches that were that that had some had some intrigue. And that what in that duel. Yeah. No. Brady Berge beating Josh Maruka? I mean, I think that that's a Brady Berge announcement. Josh Maruka's pretty damn good. Dude, come on. You think that... You, I, look, we, look, you we don't... pick Berge to beat at Maruka? No. That's yes. A, that was a toss-up. No. Yes, I did pick him. No. What has Maruka ever done to show you that he's taken that jump? He beat Sertzis. Ooh. Oh, oh, oh hey, okay. Hey, Sertzis, two-time All-American national champion. Three-time All-American national champion. Come on, man! You 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 really expected Maruka to go across country in rec hall, beat one of the top recruits wrestling who's fighting for a spot at one forty nine? Yeah, I thought that nah. I would have favored Maruka. Okay, well that's you. You and I need to start placing wagers on. Some I was matches. wrong. What, what I'm just trying to say is that I thought that I thought that Brady Berge announced himself. He didn't have another win of this caliber. He he beaten um, for clearing. That was his only other good win. He beats a dude who's ranked top ten or twelve or whatever. That's a good win. Don't don't tell me that that's Bergie was ranked top twelve himself. Don't tell me that that wasn't a wasn't something that's worth talking about. How about Shakur Rashid Techfall and Cordell Norfleet? I mean, I don't know. I, I that's also I would expect that. All right. Well, I, I, I actually I actually expected him to pin him. Yeah. I'm so, sorry. Look, look, I get what you're saying, dude. And we're just kind of. I know, so, but, I, but I still right now. But there I, really was not any. The, the matches in that duel worth watching was going to be one thirty three, one sixty five, one seventy four. I, I, I disagree, but I do have a question for you. Oh, I disagree. And, and you might have to pull up the rankings for this one. Yeah. Okay, so Vincenzo Joseph looks like a complete wrestler this year. Not not that he hasn't before, right? But he looks like he can take it down. He's gonna get out. He's gonna ride. Who's got the best chance to beat him? Wake Marsh, Della Marinelli, White Massa. Um, well, or so is he the Jason Nolf? Okay, do you want me to answer? Well, I'm saying, I guess I, I didn't get to finish my sentence. Or is he the guy that like nobody's beating him? Uh, no, I'm not. 
I'm not going to call him the Jason Nolf. I don't look. I don't think he's at that level of Jason Nolf, even though he's won you know titles his freshman and sophomore year. Uh, the easy answer was say Alex Marinelli because he's already beat him before. Okay, yep. so that's the easy answer right there. Um, my opinion about 165 right now is this, and Vincenzo Joseph is the clear number one right now, and rightfully so, and deservedly so, but I think that you can throw Vincenzo Joseph, Evan Wick, Marsteller, and Marinelli into a fucking tournament, into a pool, and let them wrestle all day, and they're all going to beat each other and get beat by each other, so to me, it's going to be whoever's hottest that weekend, if we're talking end of the year, um, now I think three of those guys are in the Big Ten, so we're going to see it at the Big Ten tournament, but... Uh, the easy answer again would be Alex Marinelli. Now, there's actually four if you count White and Mazza. But I don't. White and Mazza are not on their level. I, I don't see it. Okay. 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 That, that, that's just, again, my opinion there. Um, I think that right now, 164 or 165, it, it, the, you have the four guys on top right there. And they're, those are the four guys that, have a, that, that are really in title contention, in my opinion. Um, Vincenzo Joseph being the clear number one. But Evan Wick has looked really good this year. Keep in mind, he's a sophomore. What he did last year was as a freshman, placing third at NCAAs. As a freshman. He's Amazing a tournament. Yes, and he's making jumps this year. Okay, he's gotten better. I'm really excited to see how Chance Marsteller comes out this year and what he does now that he's, you know, everything's going well for him after a fourth-place finish last year. Marinelli. Marinelli, it's national championship or failure in his mind. Okay, he's already beaten Vincenzo or, or Joseph, um, so it's going to be exciting. So you don't have a pick, which is fine. Long story short, Joseph, clear number one guy, best chance, to, best guy to chance of a guy to beat him right now uh, would be Marinelli. And the reason why I say that, not because Marinelli's already done it, because Marinelli does not get bullied on the mat. He's one guy that does not get bullied on the mat. If anything, he can stand up and actually bully some people. So that's why I don't think he's going to let a guy like Joseph push him around. So the best chance to me is Chance. And that's another guy that doesn't get bullied on the mat. I think Chance Marshall will give Vincenzo Joseph his best match if they see each other. Um, I obviously would pick Chenzo, but... Out of all of those guys, and I know Wick pinned Marsteller last year after Marsteller had already taken him down a couple times for third and fourth. I think the second best wrestler in that weight class is Chance Marsteller. So that's my opinion. And I do too. I do too, Ben. Okay, I I do think that Marsteller is the second best guy in that weight class, but of all those guys, Marinelli's the only one that's beaten Joseph. Right. So no, far. I, you look, know, Marinelli's not a bad pick. One last question I have about about, about Penn State is. Uh, so Shakur beats Norfleet fifteen to zero. Dude's just been dominant this year. He's Correct. at a weight class that he really seems to enjoy. Um, I don't think anybody else is a threat to Mymar. Shakur a threat to Mymar. Um, a couple of things. Shakur Rashid is the epitome of what happens when you take a good guy. And you put him in an amazing room, and then he becomes a really, really fucking good wrestler. Okay, is he a threat to Miles Martin? I would say of all the guys at 184, Shakur Rashid is the guy who is the biggest, who would be the biggest threat to Miles Martin because he's the one guy that has a home run hitter move, and it's not junk move. It's not you know some kind of junk throw from their feet or anything right. like that. Shakur Rashid can catch anybody in a cradle from any position. All right, I'm not going to say he's Ed Ruth, but kind of like how Ed Ruth was. Ed Ruth could cradle you standing up. You know what I'm saying? He's not Ed Ruth, but but that's how it is. It's it's that type. He's he's that good with his cradle. Um, Do I see it happening? No, I don't. I think Miles Martin is just too solid. All right, he's just too solid, too savvy, too great of a wrestler. But at 184, he probably is the biggest threat to Miles Martin. Yeah, I, 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 I. I probably agree with you. Now, now we forget the structure. You know, Colin Moore beat the hell out of Shakur Rashid twice last year. Colin you know? Moore beat the hell out of Shakur Rashid when Shakur Rashid was definitely, he was weighing 192 pounds. Right. No, I get that. But, you know, I, I've got to imagine that Miles Martin's a better wrestler than Colin Moore. You know. Of course. Yeah. So, you know, let's temper our expectations, but I think it's worthwhile talking about it. You know, the guy who oh, a lot of people were talking about potentially could be, you know, besides Emory Parker, potentially could be one of the top threats to Mymar. Is, is has not had a great year, and that's Taylor Vance. Um, 
Well, no. Taylor Vincent's had a good year. He hasn't had a good run lately. He's lost three in a row. But look at who they were to. He lost to Miles Martin. He lost to Renan. And he lost to Chip Ness. They're all All-Americans and one national champ. He's just had a bad run. But he run. finished above two of those, three of those guys at the NCAA tournament last year. He did. But, he's again, he's only a sophomore, though. Still, only a sophomore. Had a great tournament last year. Well, I guess that's my question. Is, is Shakur Rashid the biggest threat to Miles Martin? And, and, and my question is, yeah. My answer at this point is yes. I don't... I think that if if, you, if I put Shakur and Venz in a room, I think that's probably a toss-up, but I'd probably take Shakur based on recent results. And, and don't forget about Emory Parker, right? Don't forget about Emory Parker. So um, that, that, that was, those, were, those were my kind of takeaways from the Penn State duel, besides the fact that I guess one last question, and I think we both know the answer is, via duel or tournament, can anybody touch Penn State? No. And the answer is no. No, not at all. Not even in a duel, right? I mean, not 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 in a duel, not bonus, in a tournament, not not at all. No. Yeah. Now, I I think as a team in a duel format, and this isn't homerism right here. Ohio State matches up better with them than any other team in the country. They do, but they're still not going to beat them. I think the bonus. Would the be bonus a big is going to be the difference. I mean, if you look at it, look, twenty five is going to be a toss up. Uh, twenty five will essentially be a toss up. Oh, Schnupp versus Schnupp versus me. It's a toss-up. That up. is a toss-up. It's up. a toss-up. You know, 33, that's going to be a great match. That's the way it's up. looking, it could be a toss-up right now. You might favor Pletcher based off of, um, you know, credentials and past success right now. Um, also, I, I think they do wrestle this year, right? And it is at Ohio State, if I'm not mistaken. They do, and so it is Ohio State. If it was at Rec Hall, I'm gonna, I'd am gonna. i probably favor RBY in that match over Pletcher. Because it's, it's that hostile of a Rec Hall, I, I would favor everybody. You know, for- Forty-one definitely got to favor McKenna. At forty-nine, you're favoring Micah Jordan. Sure. At fifty-seven, uh, obviously Nolf. Sixty-five, obviously Joseph. Seventy-four, obviously Hall. Eighty-four, you know you're favoring Mymar. Ninety-seven, probably the best the best match of the night. But you you, you favor you Bo favor Nickel. Nickel. You have to favor Bo Nickel. And then heavyweight, look whether it's Kassar, whether it's right? Neville's or Kassar, yeah. So no, I, nobody's gonna touch him. Nobody's gonna touch him at all. Yeah, I think I think they could be. I think that they could they could do something historic here. All right, let's go ahead and uh, move on to something else. Um, so obviously, um, Yanni D's back. Okay, officially, Yanni back. D's wrestling he, again. He competed at uh, what, what? What did he compete at? Not too long, the Matt Town Open or he something. Had, yeah, yeah, he didn't go to Cliff King. Competed at the Matt Town. We gave him a little bit of shit, but but we I think we understood kind of. Yeah, so he comes back for the UNI duel. What a great duel! Actually, there's some good matches between between the Cornell UNI duel. Um, yeah. You know, and he had a he had a you know a formidable opponent in Josh Alber. Obviously, not on Yanni's level, and uh, Yanni did what Yanni does. He, he did, he, you know, and that's what I was looking for, right? You, you know, Yanni he wins the NCAA title as a freshman on a torn ACL, just going through a freaking gauntlet, one forty one to win it. So, you know, I love to watch Yanni's. I you know, so I was thinking, okay, is McKenna? A title threat. The answer is yes, right? The answer is definitely yes, and McKenna's a title threat. But after watching Yanni dismantle Albert, and that's the word that I like to use because he really dismantled him. He beat him in every position and, and, and just took him over in every position. I thought that that Yanni versus Albert match, he beat him 12-2, to major decision, over a guy who has definitely competed on the national level, was, was super impressive. You know, Yanni's, to be honest with you, he's kind of a wizard. He, the way he finishes his shots is something that I don't think we see out of a, a younger wrestler, somebody that was a freshman last year as a sophomore. He anticipates so much what the other guy is going to do, and that's how he finishes everything, and that's how he does everything. He uses the other guy's pressure to score points, and and that's something that is just, you know, a lot of people, they'll shoot in, they'll force their own pressure, they'll force their own finishes, with Yanni, it's a little bit different. So he got in a crackdown position against Alber. Alber tries to crowd him. Yanni slips his shoulder out. He releases pressure just a little bit, thinking that Alber's going to be able to get some room to sneak around him. And then he slides that right arm out. It was just textbook. Another thing, I didn't realize that Yanni was such a good rider. He rode Alber down bad. He feels pressure so good from the top position. Bottom man tries to come up. He puts his weight forward to keep Albert's hands on the mat. He tries to come up again. He pulls hips to put his hip on the mat. I just, I think that Yanni is maybe one of the most complete wrestlers in the NCAA right now. 
I don't disagree with disagree with that at all. And you saw that last year, though. You saw his writing ability last year. And Yanni is one of the most technical wrestlers in all of college wrestling, so and he's technical. only a sophomore. Um, you, you talked about his ability to feel pressure. I'm going to even go a step further and say he's got almost like a sixth sense that he can yes. anticipate his opponent's move before they even do it. He knows what's coming, and he's prepared for it, and, and he's already he's already planned on how he's going to counter that, and he beats him to that point. We're on, we're on the same page. You, know, you think about the, the things that he does really well. His scrambling, scrambling ability is phenomenal. His technique on finishing his shots is phenomenal. He's a great rider, not a great turner. He's not going to turn a lot of guys, at least not the best guys, but he knows how to ride. He's going to ride to win the match. If he's got to ride, he'll be able to ride to win a match. He can ride, I think, anybody. And the other thing he does so well, again, we talked about this like you know RBY earlier, he chain wrestles so well. And I think that's... A lot of times, what truly separates the really good wrestlers from the really elite wrestlers. He chain wrestles so well. He anticipates positions. He's beating his opponents to the right spot in those positions. And you combine that with his finishing ability and his scrambling ability, and it makes him an extremely an extremely dangerous and great wrestler. I think, I think the word anticipation that you used is, is perfect. You know, that, that's, not what I, that's not the word I had, but that is the exact word. He's able to anticipate exactly what somebody else is going to do from the top position you just watch him wrestle he anticipates every move in this match that Albert was going to do and he was able to counter it with either pressure one way pressure the other way pulling him one way pulling him pulling him the other way and the thing I'm most concerned about as a Buckeye fan with him against McKenna is his counter shots because McKenna shoots a decent amount not a ton but he's shooting more this year than he had in the past and I have a feeling that McKenna's going to get trapped and Yanni's going to be able to find a leg um, off of kind of a reshot to score on him. I think it's going to be a really close match. But after watching Yanni dismantle Alber, I, I think it's hard It's hard pressed for me to say that Yanni's not going to win another title. I was really impressed with Yanni D and, and his comeback against uh, a formidable Josh Alber. Uh, look, again, at this point, you favor Yanni Diakamahalis in a match against Joey McKenna. Okay, it, it, I expected him to beat Josh Alber. I even expected him to sure. beat him that bad. Josh Alber's a guy that's never been on the podium. He's got very limited offense, okay? I don't think he's going – he's not going to be able to hang with a guy like 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 Yanni. Um, the, the, the big thing in that match was to see how Yanni performed against a formidable opponent and how he moved and all that kind of stuff, and, and he did it well, all right? He's back. There's no issues. He's picking up right where he left off last year. Um, the match with him and McKenna is going to be great for uh, a lot of reasons. One, um, because they both are very, very, very good at the things they do. Both have Great attacks, and even further than that, they both finish really well. Some of the best finishers in college wrestling. I think it's going to be fun to watch. Where I think the separation might be, because I think McKenna's a pretty good counter-wrestler too, and even one of the things that McKenna does well, and we've commented this on and watching his matches, is McKenna does a great job when he takes a shot of getting out of danger when he knows he's not going to finish that shot. He backs out intelligently, which I think will help him out in a match with Yanni. What I'm scared about is Yanni's scrambling ability. If it turns into a scramble fest, that's where I'm concerned about. McKenna can't hang with Yanni in terms of scrambling. He's going to have to finish real clean real quick. Honestly, this could be one of those matches that, because they both ride well, I think McKenna's probably the better rider right now. Um, But this is going to be a match where, Whoever gets the first takedown is going to have a huge, huge advantage in this match, even more so than typically in regular matches, because whoever gets that first takedown to me is going to win the match. Especially if you get it late in the period, you know. Absolutely. And, and, and you can and, ride them out yeah, and, and, not, and go into the next period, to, you know, up 2-0. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I thought he looked real good. Um, you know, another great match in that duel was the, uh, the, the Drew Foster and Max Dean match. I thought that was a great match. Yeah, Dean's um, kind of showing that his All-American um, – um, the performance last year wasn't wasn't a uh, wasn't a fluke. No, I don't think it was a fluke. I think you, you, you didn't peg him to be an All American before. He, he was on that bubble, and he went out there. He battled. Right. He grinded. He got the job done to, to become an All American. You know, this year he, he, Dean kind of had a rough Vegas. All right, it wasn't the greatest greatest Vegas for him, um, Cliff Keen. But for him to again 
go on the road, you and I, and beat a guy that's that's basically had his number for the most part the last two years. I think Drew Foster actually has the better record or owns you know owns the better record in yeah. that series between the two of them. And to get that win in a close match, especially the way he got the win, I thought that said a lot about his composure and where he's at you know mentally at this point in the season. Yeah, I I, I think he could, he could he's a, he's a guy that I think you could see in the finals. Max Dean. Yeah. I really do. Uh, you, you know, it, it's such a funny weight class, man. It's one of those things where you've got a clear number one, and then everybody after that on any given day could go out and, you know, and either win or lose. So the, the last one is the the 25-pounder. Um, how do you say his last name? Jay Schwarm. Uh, the, the one from uh, uh, Cornell. We'll, we'll just say Vito Arujao. I think it's Arujao. Um, <clears throat> you know, he was a, a, a huge recruit, and, um, you know, I guess he'd been making his way down to 125 because uh, – He'd had some issues beating Chaz Tucker um, at 133. Everybody thought that he potentially he could be the 33-pounder this year. Chaz seems like they'd taken that weight. Arujan making it down, he just adds another wrinkle to 125. Yeah, he does, but I'm going to – I want to see some more. I want to see some more from him. Um, He looks extremely, extremely skinny. Um, he I looks know, sucked out. He looks sucked out. And, yeah, that's a great way to put it. And I know, you know, his interview was basically like, look, it's just another weight cut. And that's fine. That's that's the right thing to say right now. But let's see how that just another weight cut becomes when you're doing it consistently and over consecutive days before I, you know, can say, yes, he's another wrinkle in 125. Now, while we're talking about that, there is another wrinkle at 125 right now. Now that Jack Mueller decided to come out of red shirt and go back down to 125. Yeah, that was surprising to me. We saw that happen the other night in their uh, their match against Missouri. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, essentially, I, I, I guess that Louis Hayes was struggling to make 125. Um, he's a thick kid anyway. Louis Hayes got bumped up to 133. Mueller comes out of red shirt. He was supposed to red shirt this season. He just competed at U23 Worlds. Comes at in 57 kilos. At 57 After kilos. After wrestling 33 last year, I think that's important to know. Yes, absolutely. And looked great. Got the pin in his first be- his first match out against uh, Dak Punk. I think that's how you say it. Beat Dak Punk. He pinned him. He punked oh, him. Man, he punked him out. Punked him. But um, I do think it throws another wrinkle at, in at 125. Look, he's not on the Spencer Lee level. Um. But here's a guy, two years ago as a freshman at 125, made the semis before dropping down to sixth place. Is he the guy that beat Joey Dance? Yes. Semis? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then last year, obviously, he was up at 133. He did not All-American. He lost to Brock in the round of 12, so in that loaded 133 weight class. So I do think it throws another wrinkle out there. And it's going to be interesting to see. Where would you slot him in right now in rankings? Okay, uh, let me look at the rankings real quick. It's good fodder, right? Let's let's talk about it before they come out. <laughs> the rankings come out tomorrow. Let's look. Um, I'd probably put him at six right in front of Sean Foss right now. You'd put him behind Milhoff? Yeah, I'd probably put him behind Milhoff at this point. I mean, they're both one-time All-Americans. I think, what, Milhoff has a seventh or eighth? Yeah, Milhoff has a sev- seventh or I think Milhoff has an eighth. Um and uh, Mueller's got a sixth. Now the injury defaulted to six, so he could have done better than that. So maybe, maybe, maybe either six or step, six or fifth, right? I mean, he's not going to slot above Piccinini. I don't think at this point in time, just based on what they've done. Piccinini's a one-time All-American. I know, I know, but you know, we've got to look. Be at, interesting. It'll be interesting. We've got to look at what Mueller did last year. He did an All-American last year. No, and neither did Pitch. Right. Yep. They, yeah. And one was at twenty-five. One was at thirty-three. Right. No, I'm just saying. So I think. It's a complexity. At? You know, it's tough. It's it's tough to say because, look, Rivera, what? Rivera finished sixth last year at 125? Oh, man, I can't remember. I think Rivera finished sixth at 135. Uh, uh, um, Bresser was seventh or eighth, pitched it in AA. Milhoff, you know, hasn't AA'd for a couple of years. He's got that seventh or eighth place finish. Russell's the same way. I think Russell got on the podium once before, right? Russell's on the podium yeah. before. Um, on the podium before. So it's real interesting. I think you could probably slide him in at five and and, and have a good argument for it. Yeah, I, I, honestly, I, I think it'd be hard to, judge, to jump pitch at this point. Um, you know, pitch has got to win over Darren Cruz. Granted, it doesn't count. You know, it'll count for rankings. It won't count for. For seeding, he beat Darren Cruz this year. No, I'm talking about just in life. Oh, in life. Yeah, in general, he beat Darren Cruz last year at the All Star. If we're talking about you know wins, you know, I know, I know. Um, I think that you know, 
that's probably a better win than 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 Joey Dance slightly. So you know, I'm just talking. You know, if we got if we had to if we had to pick um, spots, I think that he's fifth or sixth. Um, he's definitely he's definitely you know. I mean, he he, he definitely shakes it up with this weight class. Like honestly, with this weight class, again, you've got a clear cut number one that nobody's going to touch. But he's another guy. Whether it's Rivera, Bresser, Piccinini, uh, Mueller, you know, Foz, those guys. He's another guy that in any of those guys has finalist potential, depending on where they land in the bracket. I think there's yeah, I think there's a ton of guys that have finalist potential there. One of them who who you know he also wrestled at U twenty threes and. Uh, Wrestled up at uh, 61 kilograms, 134 and a half pounds. Apparently finally made his way down for his senior year. The 125 is Sean Foss. And I don't know how that guy keeps making 125, but he did. And uh, his first time down, he... Isn't he legitimately over six feet tall? Yeah. He, I, 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 don't, I mean, I never stood next to him, but, but I know that he's huge. I mean, he, like I said, he took a silver at U23s at 134 and a half, not even, or about a month ago. And his first match back, he beats two-time All-American Zeke Moisey, um, 8-2. to two. You know, the, the only thing I'm concerned about with Sean Foss is will his body wear down like it did last year? Last year he went one and two at the NCAA tournament, lost the guys that he'd previously beaten during the year. Um, you know, three weigh-ins in a row for a guy that size. I don't know if he can control his weight. I think he's also another guy that you can consider to be a finalist potential to have finalist potential. But um, Foss, yeah, I, I think you. I, think I don't you even like, think he's never even been on the podium yet. Correct. Right. Right. But he's got. For not being on the podium, he's had a lot of good wins. I just I don't think <laughs> I don't think that weighing in three days in a row is very conducive to a guy of that size. To a guy that's six foot three, right? Um, but you know, I mean, but but and just a one duel. You know, he beat Pitch last year. He's he beat the shit out of Moisey this year, eight to two. He's got some he's got some good wins. Um, I think that we'll see. But uh, I, I think he, you know, you we I didn't know if he was going to make one twenty five, but now it looks like he is. He's another guy that you just throw in the mix. Right. You throw in the mix. No, I don't disagree with you. I th- again, I think um, I'll still stand. I, my opinion right now is still that I do think Rivera is the second best guy in that weight class right now. I think him. him and Bresser are pretty close. Um, Bresser, when Bresser's head is on right and his conditioning is right and all that stuff, I think you know he can he can beat any of those guys right there. But I do think that right now Rivera is the number two guy in that weight class. He's got – God, his offense is so good. It's so impressive. His pace is great. His pa- again, pace and everything. Um, Mueller is a guy – I'm interested to see his next few weeks back at 125 in college because he's a guy that is good on his feet. He's not a Rivera on his feet, but he's good on top. Well, he's, and he's his freshman year, he – if memory serves me correct – he had a lot of tech fall wins his freshman year, and I think it was because of the stuff that he did on top. So it'll be curious to see how he shakes out. He can change a match because of his ability on top. What I'm wondering is, is he doing a little bit of a weight cut too, which I'm sure he is. If, if he went 133 last year, you know. Well, he did wrestle 57 at u twenty three. Right, no, no. He, so obviously his body's back adjusted back, being back, back down, down there. But, but cutting, it's, it's going to be a tough cut. Like I guarantee he's cutting a good bit of weight. Sure. Um. Yeah, but 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 but, but like what you just said, I, I think Sebastian Vera has clearly shown that he's the number two at that weight. Um, Bresser's definitely the number three. Um, and then after that, I think that you can. I really think we won't know for a while. But Piccinini, Milhoff, Foz, um, uh, Mueller, and Russell. Um, I think those guys are any one of those guys. I could see beating another one of those guys. I really can. Um, so. Uh, 25's got a little more interesting. 25's just got a little more interesting. What else you got? What else you got? You got anything else for the for the good of the order here? Uh, look, I'm ready to wrap this up. I think we touched on a lot of things. Um, we touched on Taylor Vins and his rough stretch. Yeah, you know, what's you know, going there's on a, with that? Uh, you know, I think it's just, look, again, you got you to gotta understand, or at least take into consideration, He's young. He's only a sophomore. And this stretch, I mean, look, one was Miles My- Martin, okay? And then yeah. Chip Ness and Renan. Okay, so two of those guys are All-Americans, and another guy, you know, made it to the final X against David Taylor, okay? Right. Who, who's having a great year in his own right right now. David so, Taylor is? or Renan. Oh, okay. Renan, Taylor's yeah. having a pretty good year, too. Yeah, I mean, he's having a, he's having a great year, you know, p- posting pictures of himself wearing his belt all over it, social media, his uh, <laughs> championship belt. <laughs> I'm glad you went there. You know, I'm just I- saying. I'd go there, too. Dave Taylor's biggest fan is Dave Taylor. 
Taylor's biggest fan. <laughs> That's for sure. Oh, speaking of, I am geeked for tomorrow when the the the, the flow documentary, but with him and Date comes oh, out. Oh yeah, but but it's not gonna. You can't What's watch it. Called, it. Rivals. Like my biggest rival or whatever. How how Dake, Dake's biggest rival ain't David Taylor. Dake owns David Taylor. Maybe David Taylor's the focus of this. this yeah. uh... my, my biggest guy I could never beat, ever. <laughs> but yeah, no, I heard anyway. about that. You can only watch it like on... You can watch it live tomorrow, um, only at certain times. Like I think part one comes out at noon, and then part two comes out like eight, and then Christmas Day it'll be out for to watch. So I am pumped to watch that. No, I'm really pumped to watch that, for sure. Um, but anyway, you know, one, one other thing I, I do want to touch on is, um, Hayden Hidley didn't lose a match last year until the NCAA finals. I got, that's, that's okay. my final thought right here. He did not lose a match until he, you know, met up with Jason Nolf in the finals. And even so, I mean, you know, Nolf dominated the match, but I think it was, it wasn't by six major. Two. Yeah. Six two. I mean, he could I won't say he dominated. He controlled when, that match. Remember Hadley put freaking Pantaleo on his back in the semis and almost stuck him. He owned Pantaleo. Yeah. Who'd had an awesome... Second half of the season last year. Absolutely. He, right. Hidley was Hidley was untouchable. But he's already got this year two losses. He lost to Larry Early, and then he just recently lost to Tyler Berger. What do you take on that? Well, I, I think I, I, I take on that as people, you know, you know, things start to catch up, right? Like, I mean, in college, like we've always talked about in college wrestling, people are so good that on any given day you can lose. Hidley was able to avoid it last year. This year, you got a guy like Larry Early, who was an amazing recruit that comes out. He's had some success, but not All-American success in college. And then Tyler Berger, who's a guy who has All-American before, who actually has looked pretty good this year. Um, I take it as Hidley taking some lumps. Um, he certainly hasn't gotten worse, I don't think. I think, that, I, I think that he's still, in my opinion, the second best guy at the weight. You know? No, I'm going to disagree with you there. Okay. Well, you know, I know you like Deacon. Right, yeah, I, I'm gonna. I think Deacon's the second best guy yeah. at that. And weight maybe class. he is. Maybe he is. But 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 Hitley, it ain't like Hitley. Look, no, he's would not you pick Hitley versus over early and Burger next time they wrestle? I would. So, uh, the shocker to me is the Larry Early match. That's the one that really is the, the head scratcher to me. Sure. Tyler Burger, look, since NCAA's last year, the dude's just been. He's raised his game up. He's back to doing what Tyler Burger did. Yeah, he's what he good. did two years ago. When I think the only people he lost to was Kimmer and Nolf, you know, basically. Um, that's the head scratcher to me. I think when you got a guy like Hidley who's not extremely offensive as it is, okay, and you know what he wants. He wants his underhooks. He's going to get his underhooks. He's going to push you around. He's going to fight for, you know, fight for that position, control that position from you. You can figure those things out, especially if you're a guy that's got a lot of attacks, a lot of variations on your feet. So I, I might. Be tempted. I would probably pick Berger in a rematch at this point. Would based you really? on Yeah, because he's looked good. Berger's been wrestling so well I know. since NCAA's last year. I've been a big proponent you know I mean? of Berger on this podcast. So I probably would pick Berger in a rematch. I would not pick Larry Early in a rematch. No, I no, would not. No 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 no, 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 no. But Hidley, look, regardless of whether he's got two losses now or not, he's another guy. Opposite side of the bracket of Jason Nolf, look, you've got a great chance to make that finals. But, I look, you're right. I do think right now Ryan Deacon is the second best guy at 157. Well, the Mothman has shown that he's pretty the damn good. Mothman. I, I don't know. He looks like the Mothman to me. But, no, he, he's, I'd love to see early Hidley. I'd love to see them go at it, man. And, and hopefully we get the chance. Yeah, we will, I'm sure. All right, so that's about all we got. Look, man, we got it's a great time of year. We got the uh, – the best midseason tournament is coming up. Midlands and the Scuffle. Yes. We've got a bunch of teams going down to South Beach for the South Beach Duels. This is when the season really starts heating up. It and, starts heating up. And I like it. Big Ten Duel season goes into full force. Um, Big Ten Duel season is when it, I mean, I love this. These, duel, these tournaments are great because you get to watch the best wrestlers compete um, in a tournament-style format. But then after that, it's duel, 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 duel. Just some of the best duels, some of the best matchups. Leading up to NCAAs, this is really. I mean, I love Cliff Keen because it's kind of like the kickoff, you know. Well, Cliff Keen's the best in-season tournament there right. is. But now we're starting to get into the, you know, we're starting to get in the meat. Starting to get in the meat. And I'm you love that meat. It. I know you love the meat. Give me the meat. All the meat. All right, man. You said in the beginning we were going to do a. What do we want for Christmas? Because it is Christmas coming up. Oh yeah. So what do you want for Christmas, Ben? Wrestling edition, 2018. Wrestling edition. Okay. I want bookend titles for Miles Martin. All right. What else? Oh, am I allowed to get more? 
I'll give you three. Oh, okay. I'll so give you three. I want bookend titles for Miles Martin. I want Zahid Valencia to win an NCAA title over Mark Hall. <laughs> 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 and I want um, Colin Moore to uh, Bebo Nickel once this year. Well, I, At least once. I, mean, I, think you got, I think two out of the three is b- good possibility. Yeah, I know. Those, those are the three I want. Those are the three I want. What about you? Um, I want to win the fantasy wrestling league for the fourth year in a row. Okay, for what? Which one? The the tournament or the regular season? Tournament. Like I said, you didn't four, win the regular season for the fourth year in a row. Fourth year in a row would be the tournament. I don't okay. care about the regular season. All right, I care about the tournament. I know you do. You know, all all the regular season, we're we're just try, we're just getting better for the tournament. Okay, you know, um, man, it's a great question. I loved your book in titles from Miles Martin. Yeah, I really do. You can, you can ask for it too. Yeah, I, the more I th- people that ask for it, the better. I think I'm going to ask for that, and then you want the heat too. No, I'm just kidding. Well, yeah. Um, I thought about Mickey. Thought you know about- what I want? I want Joey McKenna to beat Yanni D in an amazing match in the NCAA finals. All right, I love it. That's what I want. Like, yeah, like not like three to two. I'm talking like thirteen to twelve. This is Joey McKenna we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great, man. That's what I'd love to see. Well, Merry Christmas to you, Brandon. Merry Christmas to all of the friends that listen to this podcast. All six of you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> no. Uh, yes, I uh, I agree with those. Merry Christmas to everyone. Merry Christmas to you, Ben. This is it. Episode number 72 of the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast. 2018 Christmas edition. We hope you guys all have a wonderful holiday. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And don't wind up on your back, bro, unless you got Santa Claus straddling you.